All right, let's take our Bibles, please, this morning and turn to 2 Timothy. Nope, that's wrong. 1 Timothy, Brother Richard. 1 Timothy chapter 2 this morning. I got the placement of my twos confused, Brother Garcia. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 this morning, please. Uh, this morning, I want us to uh, consider Paul's instruction to Timothy uh, regarding prayer, regarding prayer. We see this morning that uh, biblical prayer, and, and therefore a strong prayer life that's biblical, uh, it has four components of communication with God, uh, supplication, prayer, intercession, uh, and giving thanks. Carolyn, those are related things, but they're not all the same. They're related, but they are uh, not all the same. I want to begin with a question this morning. Here's the question. Uh, is my prayer life biblical? Is my prayer life biblical? Uh, and how do I know that? Uh, how do I know that? Well, Rich, by definition, if it's biblical, it's going to align with the Word of God, right? Uh, do you pray? Do, do you pray? Is your prayer life biblical, uh, and how do you know that? Well, uh, if it is, it, it will align with the Word of God. Consider this. Uh, back in Ephesians 6, we looked at the importance of putting on the whole armor of God, right? Uh, in which we made the observation that to be protected, uh, as God desires to protect us for the spiritual battle that we're in, uh, we need to put on every component of the armor, right? Otherwise, we're not availing ourselves, Brother Garcia, of all the armor that, that God has offered. And uh, similarly, prayer, prayer has a number of components that God teaches us about in his word. And uh, so if we want to have the strongest prayer life that we can have, we make sure that we're praying according to the word of God and incorporating all of the, the four uh, main elements of prayer uh, that we see here. May I ask you to stand if you're able to this morning as we read uh, in 1 Timothy just eight verses this morning. Uh, would you stand if you're able to? We'll read in 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, the first half of the chapter, the first eight verses here. Uh, the first eight verses. Uh, here, Paul writes to Timothy under inspiration of the Spirit of God. He says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that or so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Paul continues, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Verse eight, he concludes this section. He says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. 
Last week, we, we titled the message, Things Worth Fighting For. How about this week, we title it, Things Worth Praying For. Things Worth Praying For. Let's do pray. Father, thank you this morning for your word. Father, thank you this morning for the opportunity we have to uh, focus on it, uh, to uh, take from it instruction right from you regarding our prayer life. Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us each to uh, examine our prayer life and Lord ask, am I incorporating those things that you've called me to incorporate? Am I, uh, do I have a, a consistent prayer life and am I uh, praying according to your word? Lord, if we're not, help us to be quick to confess that and Lord, to ask your help to incorporate these elements and for the reasons that you have given. Father, help me now. Lord, help each of our members now. Lord, work here today for your glory, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, thank you. Um, isn't it a great privilege to be able to pray? Uh, isn't it a great privilege to be able, Rich, to speak to uh, the God of all creation, the God of all truth, uh, the one true God? What, a, what an amazing uh, privilege, as I say so often, uh, I just, it's a profound privilege to be able to uh, talk to God and, and know that he hears and, and to know that he answers our prayers. It's, it's just an incredible thing, Carolyn. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, and so we, we, we need to take care that our prayer is conformed to God's word. The Lord instructs us a great deal, as, as you know about prayer. And I, I think this morning we'll, we'll probably just be reminding each other about the elements of prayer that God has instructed us in. But uh, it's, a, it's an important reminder because if we're not careful to examine uh, how we practice our faith uh, against God's word, sometimes we develop habits that aren't quite consistent uh, with what God has instructed us to do. And so uh, this morning we'll, we'll look here first, number one this morning, first at four, four pillars uh, or parts or components, get that down however you choose, uh, four pillars or parts of a biblical prayer life, number one this morning, uh, four pillars or parts of a biblical prayer life. Look with me again uh, back here in, uh, so we're in First, First Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse 1. Paul says this. He says, I exhort, uh, by the way, to exhort is, it, it really here has the idea of desiring, but also encouraging what is desirable. Uh, Paul is exhorting Timothy to prayer, uh, this, to pray this way, because he understands this is God's desire. It's God's way. He says, I exhort, I desire, I encourage uh, therefore, that first of all, so this is to have some priority uh, in our walk with the Lord, this, this type of prayer, these, these four components. Uh, he lists four things, supplications, uh, prayers. Please note that each is plural. Each ends with an S. This is not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing thing. The believer's life is to be filled uh, with these things. Supplications, uh, evidently different than prayers, which are evidently different than intercessions, uh, which are evidently different than giving of thanks. Uh, four different components uh, to our communication with the Lord. Don't miss the last five words there. Uh, who are we to communicate with God in this way about? 
Uh, who, who are we to talk to God about uh, using all four of these components? He says that these things be made for whom? Uh, it says just for the people that you really like a lot, Sister Raffi. That's what it says, right? No, it says for all men, for, for everyone. Uh, we are called to be people who pray uh, certainly for everyone in our church. And uh, that, that may be the, the sort of the first realm, if you will, that, that Paul has in mind, that Lord has in mind. But it's, it says all men, all, all men. And of course, that would include those outside of uh, our assembly as well. What I want to do uh, first this morning is just look at each of these four things. Uh, so we can take care to make sure that we understand the meaning uh, of these, each of these four things. We'll look at some examples from Scripture to help us uh, understand and apply. But look at the first word there. Uh, Paul says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, all, what's the S word there, church? What is it? Supplications. Uh, supplications, it's plural. These are petitions. Uh, these are uh, uh, needs that you have making requests to God uh, about your needs. Basically, Rich, uh, praying that God would meet a certain need um, for, for yourself is really the focus here. And I'm going to say that because uh, this is different than intercessions. It's different from intercessions, which focus on prayers for others. So uh, this will be primarily about praying for uh, your needs, uh, for God to meet your needs. Let me, let me take a breath and ask you this morning, do you have any needs? Do you have any needs? Somebody, someone's going like this, well, I'm not sure. We know we do, right? We, we have needs. Uh, we have needs, Carolyn, for God to protect us uh, in this time of uh, pandemic. Uh, praise God that he has protected us. Isn't it an amazing thing? I realize we're not a massive church, but uh, isn't it amazing that we live in an area where there has been quite a bit of coronavirus uh, but as far as we know, no, no one's tested positive in our church. Well, we need God's protection, and I encourage you to continue praying for it uh, and, and trusting in God uh, for that. Uh, we have financial needs. God, God has met the financial needs of our church members throughout this uh, difficult time. You'll see in our business meeting later on this morning that God is meeting the financial needs of our church and, and doing so abundantly. And we pray about that. Lord, meet the needs of uh, each member of our church. Lord, meet the financial needs of, of our church. And, and God is answering that prayer wonderfully uh, and abundantly. Supplications are petitions uh, making requests for needs. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 is a verse that, that we talk about a lot here. You know the verse. There Paul writes to the Philippians. He says, be careful for nothing, right? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray is the idea. He says, but in everything by prayer and, do you remember the next word? Supplication. Uh, supplication with thanksgiving. Do you remember the rest of the verse? Let your requests be made known unto God. And uh, the idea here, that, that verse really defines supplications. It's requests about your needs, uh, that, that verse really nicely defines the word supplication. And by the way, it's always best to let the Bible define its own terms as much as possible. Uh, you know, sometimes people will twist the meanings of words, and uh, I try very hard not to do that. I always try to use the Bible as best as possible to understand the meanings of words. 
Uh, words have literal meaning, and uh, words are a sufficient vehicle for God to use to convey his truth. There's, there's an attack on that very idea uh, in philosophical circles in the academic world that uh, some have argued that we can't really know truth because language is ambiguous and insufficient to uh, uh, convey truth in a way that's reliable. No, God's word is true and it is reliable, amen, and it's unchanging because God is supernaturally uh, preserving it. So we have the truth and uh, this morning because of that we can know the truth of God's word and the truth about how God wants us to pray. Uh, he wants us to make supplication, to pray about uh, our needs. Uh, Psalm 67 in verse 1, I'll, I'll read it. Here's an example. The psalmist makes supplication here uh, for God's mercy and blessings. He says, uh, God be merciful unto us and bless us uh, and, and cause your, your face or his face to shine uh, upon us. The psalmist prayed that uh, God would be merciful to him and others uh, and to bless him, him and others. That, that's the supplication, uh, asking God to, to meet his, uh, the psalmist's need and the needs of those around him for uh, God's mercy uh, and, and God's blessings. Turn back to 1 Kings 8. Would you do that, please? Keep your place here. Turn back to 1 Kings 8 also. Uh, I don't know about you, but I like to study the prayers of Scripture. Uh, there's a book titled All the, All the Prayers uh, of Scripture, All the Prayers of the Bible. And uh, it's very instructive to uh, study all the prayers of Scripture. And here in 1 Kings 8, I want to pick it up in verse 26. I think this prayer actually begins in verse 22. But uh, this is Solomon's prayer uh, at the dedication of the temple. Not the tabernacle in the wilderness, uh, but the temple there in Jerusalem, uh, the temple has been completed and uh, Solomon uh, prays, he'll use the word supplication, uh, asking God, asking the Lord to come and indwell the temple. Of course, this was the Lord's desire and plan. In verse 26, let's just see some of this. He says, and now, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou spakest unto the, um, thy servant David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, behold, the heaven uh, and heavens of heavens cannot contain thee. Uh, that's, that's a wonderful, worshipful prayer. How much less this house that I've builded. Uh, the tabernacle. Verse 28, he says, Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant, and to his what, church? His supplication. This is a request that he is making. O Lord, my God. Aren't you glad this morning the Lord is your God? He says, To hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee today, that thine eyes may be opened toward this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, my name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the what prayer uh, which thy servant shall make toward this place, and hearken thou to the what? What's it say? Uh, there in the middle of verse 30, supplication, the request, uh, the request of thy servant and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, uh, and when thou hearest, forgive. Solomon prays this wonderful prayer that uh, God would hear the prayers of others. It has a sense of, of intercession. 
Uh, but he, he twice uses the word supplication. He's praying uh, for his own need as well as for the need of others, that the Lord would come uh, and, and fill the, the, the temple uh, with his presence as he had promised to do, uh, and that the, the people would recognize that and, and see that. Uh, and this would be a place of meeting with the Lord and, and praying to the Lord and, and finding the Lord's forgiveness. And what a, what a great prayer. That's, that's just a portion of it, but it's a, it's a wonderful illustration of the, the idea of supplication. Uh, he had a need, Solomon, to be forgiven, and, and he prays that. That's the last word that we saw there uh, this morning. Rich, there's lots of examples all throughout the scripture of, of supplications, of, of prayers regarding needs. And, Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. This just after uh, Christ has ascended up into heaven. You remember, uh, he came, he died, he buried, he rose again, uh, and then he bodily uh, ascended up into heaven. Uh, there, there's a, a prayer meeting described uh, there in the upper room after uh, Christ has ascended. The Bible says that those that were gathered there were praying always with all prayer, uh, and supplication, I don't know if you remember the verse, but the next phrase is in the spirit, Marilyn. Uh, so they, they were praying about their needs, uh, praying to God, and they were also, the Bible says, praying in the spirit. Uh, of course, with the, that has the idea of being yielded to the spirit of God and allowing the Lord to direct their thoughts uh, such that their prayers would be directed by the, the Holy Spirit himself. They prayed supplications in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication uh, for all saints, uh, for others interceding as well. Uh, turn over to Matthew chapter 6, please, and I want you to uh, keep your, mark this somehow, Matthew chapter 6, I want to uh, flip back here uh, several times this morning. We'll see here, of course, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Lord's Prayer here in Matthew 6. And uh, here's an example of Christ teaching us uh, to pray supplications, uh, to pray uh, supplications. Uh, we're going to see it, the, the, the types of, of, of communication with God in the order that Paul gives this morning. So we'll, we'll jump into the prayer uh, and see here in, in verse 11, uh, verse 11, uh, Jesus teaches us to pray prayers of supplication this way. He says, pray, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, we, have a, we have a need for sustenance, don't we, Rich, for physical sustenance. And Lord teaches us to pray that. That's, that's supplication, a prayer regarding a need. Uh, by the way, it's a prayer that is um, a reminder to us that we are dependent on God to meet that need, right? Uh, that, that's an important purpose for that prayer. Yes, you're, you're praying because you have a need, but no doubt the Lord t teaches us to pray for that type of practical need because it reminds us of our reliance upon God to meet that need. Uh, verse 12, he says, the Lord says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, well, certainly we have spiritual needs as well. And, and so the Lord um, teaches us to be regularly praying about our own personal needs, the practical, physical, uh, practicalities life as well as uh, our physical needs. May I say this this morning, and, and please don't miss this. 
We can be a people who are faithful uh, to regularly pray uh, supplications because of Christ. Amen? It's because of him that we can do that. Uh, it's because of him that we know the grace that's required for salvation. It's because of him, as, as you well know, that we can find the strength, the, the, the grace that is strength, to do those things that God has called us to do, uh, which most certainly includes prayer. Uh, do you ever get convicted that you don't pray enough? <laughs> you ever get convicted about that, that you don't pray enough? Uh, we probably don't pray enough. Um, Lord, help us when, when you're convicting us about prayer to just say, yes, Lord, I agree. Uh, I probably don't uh, have the, the prayer life that you would desire. Lord, help me. Uh, burden me. Convict me to be a, a person, a man, a woman, a young person of great prayer. And, and Lord, give me your grace to, to pray according to your will in the spirit, uh, including supplications, uh, those things for myself. Now, Rich, I, I dare say praying for ourselves is the easiest thing, right? Because we, we tend to be naturally self-centered and uh, very much aware of our own needs. And, and so this, this part probably comes easiest. But Boy, don't, that said, don't, don't forget that Christ has taught us to pray for our practical needs uh, as well as our own personal spiritual needs uh, and, and to do so uh, very regularly. Come back to our passage, please, in 2 Timothy. Uh, so uh, Paul is encouraging Timothy and, and by extension the rest of us to uh, not only pray supplications, plural, uh, for ourselves, but then he does use the word prayers. And isn't it interesting uh, that the word prayers is included here amongst a verse that lists three other types of, of prayer, of, of communicating with God. So it must be that the word prayer is a type of communication with God that it doesn't include these other three types, but is, is distinct somehow uh, from these other three types. Uh, the word literally has the idea of directing your voice. Uh, if you look at the underlying words uh, that form the word, it's really two parts of two words that form a, a single Greek word that gets translated prayer. Here, prayers, it literally has the idea of directing something and specifically your voice away from you. Uh, of course, we understand in context, and you don't need to be told this, that it's to God, right? It's, it's, it's speaking to God. Someone asked me this week, it's an interesting question, um, do my prayers have to be verbal prayers? I said, no, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I dare say that the majority of my prayers are, are not that you know, pray uh, mentally. God's able to, to hear your, your nonverbal prayers. Uh, someone asked me, that same person asked me, do you think Satan... Uh, do you think Satan knows what you're praying if you don't pray out loud? That's an interesting question, isn't it? I had to stop and think about that. I said, you know, probably not. He said, good, I'll, I'll continue to pray in my mind to God so that I keep some things secret from the enemy. Well, that's a good heart. That's a good heart. I hope that's true. Uh, if you have thoughts on that, share your thoughts with me, please. Uh, praying literally means directing your voice uh, to God. Uh, it would seem um, to be contrasted with the other things or distinguished from the other forms of communicating with God here. Uh, and what it seems to point to is the idea of worshiping and praising God uh, in, in your communication with him. Now stop and think about the Lord's Prayer for a moment. Did Christ 
teach us to praise and to worship uh, as, as when we pray. In his model prayer, did he include that uh, in his model prayer? Uh, he most certainly did. Flip back there, if you would, uh, to Matthew 6. You have it marked already. Uh, Jesus, in fact, in his model prayer, he teaches us to begin and end our communication with God, our prayer, uh, with worshiping and praising uh, the Father. Rich, I think this is the part that probably comes least naturally to us. We know what our needs are, and we know what other people's needs are, and it's easy, relatively easy, to just pray about those things, because we have needs, and people around us have needs, and we care about them, and so we pray about those things. But I think very often we forget to include uh, these worshipful praiseful uh, elements of prayer that, that Christ very much teaches us to pray. Look there in Matthew 6, 9. Uh, Jesus says, after this manner, therefore pray. This is a model. It's an outline. Uh, it's not to be said uh, rotely necessarily. Um, our Father, so we direct our prayer to God the Father. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's submitted prayer uh, in earth as it is uh, in heaven. This is praise. Uh, this is worship. Uh, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is the Lord uh, Jesus uh, teaching us to pray worshipfully, uh, to begin our prayer. And then in verse 13, the second half of verse 13 specifically, uh, to uh, wrap up, to bookend our, our prayer time with worship of the Father. There in the second half of, of Matthew 6, 13, uh, the Lord says, uh, pray like this, uh, for thine is the kingdom uh, and the power and the glory forever. And then he says, what? A amen. So let it be, truly, truthfully, uh, amen. Uh, this is no doubt the type of communication, the form of prayer that Paul is teaching Timothy, young pastor Timothy there at Ephesus, uh, to make sure that he incorporates into his communication with God, but also that he will teach the church uh, to do this as well. Listen to Matthew, not Matthew, but rather Psalm 72 and verse 18. Here the psalmist is praying, he says, blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. We saw that word on, on Wednesday night. Blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. And then he says, amen uh, and amen. What a wonderful example of a worshipful communication, worshipful uh, prayer uh, to the Lord. Father, help us to not forget to include that that component uh, in our prayers. Lord, help us to be people, yes, who, who pray supplications, uh, prayers about our needs, and, and to be reminded that you are the source of, of those needs being met, uh, and Lord, to pray worshipful prayers um, as well. Do you find that when you pray worshipful prayers that you're encouraged by that? You'll find that? Um, you know, Marilyn, sometimes when we're just praying for needs, 
whether it's the practical needs that I have or my spiritual needs or some practical need for people in the church. You know, this person's sick and, and that person's sick. By the way, not that we get tired of praying for each other because we don't, right? Don't, don't, don't allow that. Um, but sometimes um, that, that feels a little bit burdensome, doesn't it, to pray about needs? Um, and, and I think that's okay. It's okay if, if prayer feels a little bit burdensome. It is work and it, it doesn't come naturally. Um, it can be very hard. And you know that when you get down on your knees, you, you, you crawl onto a battleground, right? That's a spiritual battleground uh, right there. And it's not always an easy thing. But when you are praying that worshipful part of prayer, uh, as you go into prayer, that, that prepares you, it, it lifts you up, it encourages you for the more difficult, perhaps more burdensome part of prayer that will come in, in the middle. And then as you come away from that more difficult part of prayer and close your prayer with worship, that just lifts your spirits again. It reminds you that uh, you're praying to the one who is wonderful and powerful uh, and who can and who does answer prayer. And it, it just, it's a wonderful encouragement to you. Uh, you've you've, you've kind of come through the battle of praying about uh, all the needs and, and then you're, you're closing with with a time of worship, and it's, it's just a wonderful encouragement to us. So uh, I encourage you, if that has not been your habit, uh, to take up the Lord's Prayer model again and, and bookend your prayers with, with worship at least a little bit. Uh, at least a little bit. Let's look at the third thing this morning. Paul, so Paul has said, hey, yep, you got, you pray the, pray your prayers of supplication, uh, prayers, worship, uh, and then he says intercessions. A again, it's plural. Uh, we understand this morning intercession is prayer for others. Uh, we understand that Christ is interceding for us with the Father uh, right at this very moment. Uh, the Bible talks about Holy, the Holy Spirit interceding for us. Uh, prayerfully as well. That's a, that's a wonderful truth. Intercession is, is praying for others. One Bible dictionary defines intercession as a falling in with, a meeting with, an interview, a coming together to visit or converse for any cause, uh, a conference or conversation for a cause uh, for others. Another defines it as seeking the presence and hearing of God on behalf of others. Uh, in James 5 and verse 14, the Bible says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church uh, and let them pray. Uh, the, they are called, the elders are the pastors, and of course the rest of the church is called as well uh, to pray for the needs, not just ourselves, supplications, but intercessions uh, for others. Uh, intercession simply involves uh, prayer for others. Can you think of some examples of, of great intercessory prayers in the Bible? Uh, can, can you just kind of flip through your, your Bible memory bank there for a minute, flip through the folders, and uh, think if you can think of any great prayers of intercession uh, in Scripture. How about um, Abraham's intercession with God uh, for the people of Sodom. That, that was a pretty good intercessory prayer, wasn't it? Abraham drew near uh, Genesis 18 and verse 23 and said to God, wilt thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? And he went on to intercede for the people there uh, in that wicked place. A great example of intercession. 
In Numbers 21 and verse 7, Moses interceded for the people. Uh, the Bible says, therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. Well, that's confession. That's good. For we have spoken against the Lord. That's a specific confession. That's good. Uh, and against thee, they ask for prayer. They say, pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. That's the context. The serpents had come. And the Bible says Moses prayed for the people. And you remember uh, his prayer there in the, in the brazen serpent uh, and so forth. Moses prayed a great prayer of intercession uh, for the people. You find prayers of intercession in, in the Psalms. Psalm 67 and verse 3, the psalmist prays, let the people pray. Well, the verse says, let the people praise thee, O God. Uh, let all the people praise thee. That's a prayer for others that the people would be worshipful. Uh, you can intercede for each other, not just about practical, uh, physical things, but spiritual needs. And, and I would implore you to do that. I, I exhort you uh, to do that. Take care, please, that we don't just pray about each other's physical needs, but our spiritual needs as well. I think you understand this morning that our spiritual needs are really greater than our physical needs. Amen. Our, our spiritual needs are really much greater than our physical needs. But pastor, you know I have great physical needs. I know, we, we all do. And, uh, and, and some have great afflictions and, and great difficulties and, uh, and serious aches and pains and, and, and things more serious than that. Those are serious things, but you understand our spiritual needs are even more serious. Uh, don't be distracted by praying only for physical needs. Yes, pray those. Pray for those physical needs. We're, we're commanded to do that specifically, but don't think that you're, don't allow yourself to think that you're done praying for each other when you've prayed through the list of, of the physical needs, the afflictions and, and other types of practical needs. We are called to be in the business of praying for each other's spiritual needs as well. I've taught a lot recently as we've been in the Psalms about the importance of praise. May I say this morning that it, the Bible speaks of it so much because it's, it's not a natural thing. Would, would you pray that each of us would be um, more in the business of praising God? Would, would you pray that for each other? We've seen all the reasons and the praiseworthiness of God and all the whys God desires that and, and the benefits that accrue to the Lord and, and yes to us. Um, we've seen that in Scripture, but boy, I, I wonder if we've, if we've really taken up God's call to be uh, praising him, to, to recognize his praiseworthiness in a way that actually leads us, compels us, stirs us up to pray. We need to pray for each other in that regard. And of course, there's many other spiritual needs that you could uh, pray for uh, each other. Um, Paul, uh, as you know, Paul was always asking the churches to whom he wrote to pray for him, right? He's always asking, and he's Paul rich. Uh, how could he need so many prayers? Well, he, he was in the same battle that we are in. Uh, he was always asking the churches to intercede for him. In Romans 15 and verse 30, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren. He, he's imploring the Roman church to intercede for him. I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. 
Uh, Paul knew he had great physical needs as well as great spiritual needs. There he makes a specific request that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. That was a very specific request and it had a godly purpose, verse 32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God uh, and may be um, with you and may with you be refreshed. Uh, and you know, you could go on and on and on. You could just audit Paul's letters for all the examples that he asked the churches uh, to intercede for him. May I say this? Uh, if Paul needed uh, the churches to be in constant prayer for him, we do too, amen? We most certainly do too. He, he was a, uh, a, great, uh, a man of great spiritual strength and power and, and obedience, but, but just a man who, who needed uh, constant intercession. We do too, we do too. And may I say again, Rich, we can because of Christ. Pray, Lord, give me your strength a burden from you, a conviction from you, and strength from you uh, to intercede for others. May I add this? Whether or not others ask, just do it because you know, uh, you know we have great needs. Whether or not someone is asking for prayer, uh, you know. By the way, um, it's, it's okay to ask for prayer. Amen? Amen? It's okay to ask for prayer. Uh, sometimes, Marilyn, people, people will get the idea that it's more loving to not burden a brother or sister in Christ with their prayer request. I understand the love part of that, and, and that's biblical. That said, it's really not biblical to withhold a prayer request from, from your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you need prayer humbly come and ask your brothers and sisters in Christ to lovingly pray for you. That's biblical. Uh, it isn't biblical to withhold it despite a good intention. Your intention may be, I don't want to burden. I want to burden Carolyn with my prayer request. She's got enough to worry about. Um, <laughs> is it okay if people burden you with their prayer requests? It is, right? And it's a privilege to pray for each other. It's a privilege to pray for each other. And by the way, that encourages a unity uh, in, in our church. When we are aware of each other's needs and we're all praying for each other, the practical things and the spiritual things, that, that encourages the kind of unity in our church that the Lord desires. Don't hold back on your prayer requests, please. Uh, so keep them coming, share them with each other. Uh, you can give them to me, you can text them to me, you can email them to me, call me up, whatever's good for you. Share your prayer requests. I will pray for you. And if it's something that you would like us to pray about corporately, we will do that, especially on Wednesday night. Please, please. Last thing we see here in terms of the types of prayer that Paul encourages Timothy to prayer, the next thing is what? It begins with G. Do, do you see it there? It's giving of thanks. Uh, Zach, I think intercessions for self come relatively easily. Uh, prayer's a little more challenging. Interceding for others comes relatively easily. A lot of times we forget to do this last part, though. Uh, this, this comes, worshiping is, is not natural, and uh, giving thanks is not natural. And, and so 
Paul reminds Timothy, Paul's reminding Pastor Timothy to make sure that he's in the business of including prayers of gratitude in his prayers. Yes, supplications and intercessions and, 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 and worship, but also uh, gratitude, uh, thankful prayers, uh, giving of thanks. You know that Paul, as, as much as he asked the churches to intercede for them, he also told them constantly, and we always point this out as we study through the books, he constantly told the church that he was, churches that he was thankful for them and that he pray, prayed, he prayed, he prayed uh, thankful prayers for them. Uh, turn to Romans 1. Just, just, let's just do a, a quick look there. Uh, Romans 1. We'll look at a couple quick verses in Romans, and I'll give you a couple more. Uh, Romans 1, uh, Paul prayed thankful prayers for the faithfulness of the believers at Rome. And I'm going to be honest with you, I pray thankful prayers for the, the faithfulness of believers in our church as well. Your faithfulness is a great encouragement to your pastor, and it's a great encouragement to your God to your Savior, uh, and it's to be prayed about. <laughs> Paul says in, in Romans 1 and verse 8, he says, First, I thank my God. I thank my God through Jesus Christ. He says, For whom? Uh, for you all. He didn't have to add all because the you is plural, but he wanted to emphasize you all, all you all. Uh, he prayed thankful prayers to God through Christ Jesus for them all. Uh, why? That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. He was grateful for their faithfulness, and he thanked God for that. Why would he thank God for that? It's their faithfulness. Uh, well, Carol, I think Paul understood that God was the one who enabled that faithfulness, right? Uh, if any of us is faithful, it's because God has enabled us to be faithful. It's Christ. Uh, it's because of Christ that we can be faithful at all. So Paul prays to the Father through Christ Jesus for them all with wonderful gratitude for their faithfulness. Uh, listen, we, we can get on each other's nerves at times for various different reasons. I understand that. That's, that's the reality of, of, of being part of any group, and it's, it is the reality of being part of a church assembly uh, as well. By the way, when we get to heaven, I, I'm positive uh, that that will not be the case. Isn't that a good thing? Somebody say amen. Nobody in, nobody's going to get on anybody's nerves in, in heaven. We'll be perfected. Uh, try to picture each other as, as we'll be when we're perfected uh, in heaven. Uh, try, I forgot how I got there. Let's move on. Turn, turn over to uh, chapter 6 and verse 17. You're in Romans. Chapter 6 and verse 17. Paul prayed thankful prayers for the salvation and obedience of the believers at Rome. He was thankful for that. Uh, he says, but God be thanked. God be thanked that ye, all of you, were the, were the servants of sin. That's who we were before we were saved. But ye, grammatically all of them, have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine uh, which was delivered uh, you, the doctrine of salvation, soteriology, how to be saved. Uh, and having been saved, they, they had lived um, an increasingly obedient life as, as the Lord sanctified those of them who were saved. Paul was thankful for that. Uh, thank the Lord for each other's salvation and, and, and pray for each other's growth. And as you see God answering that prayer, 
pray and say, Lord, thank you for growing me and thank you for growing uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for that and as you see it, pray grateful prayers. Do you see how intercession and gratitude go together? Pray for each other and then as you see God answering that prayer, thank him. Don't forget to leave that out. Uh, by the way, you could view that as part of your worship, part of your worshipful prayers. Uh, taking time to thank the Lord for his provision. By the way, when you thank him, you're necessarily acknowledging that you understand that God is the one who accomplished what you prayed for, right? We pray to him because we trust he can accomplish, Marilyn, what we're praying for. And when we thank him, we're, we're saying, Lord, I understand you did what, I, what was accomplished. You did it. That's a form of worship, acknowledging that God did that and, and thanking him. Are, do, you have, do you have anything that you're thankful for this morning? Anybody? I mean, you don't, have, don't shout it out. <laughs> but do you? Do you have things that you're thankful for? Zach just tapped his mom on the shoulder. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Isn't that nice? You did, right? I'm not lying. <laughs> you're thankful for your mom. I am too. I'm thankful for that lesson this morning. Praise God for it. Listen, if you've got anything that you're thankful for, you've got, you've got something to pray a thankful prayer for. Lord, thank you for mom. <laughs> Maybe this morning we need to take a minute and, and acknowledge, confess, Lord, we, you know, we, we don't pray the worshipful prayers like we always should. And honestly, Father, we don't, we don't always pray the, the thankful prayers as we should. Maybe not nearly as much as we should. Lord, forgive us for not praying the worshipful prayers and the thankful prayers as much as we should. Father, help us. I'll say again this morning, we can take up all four forms of communication with God, intercession and supplication and, and worshipful prayers uh, and giving of thanks because of Christ. It's because of him at work in our life that we can. I'll give you a quick illustration this morning, and certainly it's not my own, but Think about a table for a second. Think about a table for one moment. How many legs does a table typically have? How many legs does a table typically have? Four. A one-legged table, I guess, maybe. A two-legged table, Brother Garcia, would probably be pretty un unsteady. You ever make a table, by the way? You've made a table, I thought, probably. You ever make a three-legged table? How about a four-legged table? Yeah, a four-legged table is, is pretty solid and, and steady and sturdy and stable uh, and useful. Um, the Lord has had Paul to instruct Timothy and us, by extension, um, with four legs of prayer that are important. It is not possible to have the kind of steady, stable strong walk with the Lord that he desires us to have without all four legs of prayer. And so I'll just encourage us this morning. I encourage us, you know, let's, let's make a note of all four, of all four, and, and take care this week. Take care today. 
to begin, if needed, begin a new habit of incorporating all four legs of the table into our prayer. Listen, when, when you learn something or when you're reminded of something and you know you need to make a change because of what you've learned or what you've been reminded of, the very best thing that you can do, especially when it's a biblical thing, is to not defer putting it into use. Uh, the very best thing that you can do to make a new habit is to say, God, help me to start today. <laughs> help me to start right now or before the end of this day uh, making a new habit. Lord, help me to put off a, an old habit that was bad or imperfect and, and to take up this, this verse that we see here uh, and get all four legs of this table into my prayer life and help me start doing that today. And, and Lord, help me to keep on doing that. It's been said many times, and I guess I've repeated more than once, a, a new habit can be made in about 40 days. You, can, you get a habit pretty well established in about 40 days if, if you'll determine to do that. And if that determination will lead you to ask God for grace uh, to do that. So I encourage you, I, I encourage you this morning uh, to do just that. We'll stop there and, and we're going to pray and, and we'll close. Lord, thank you this morning for one verse that's filled with such important instruction. Lord, we need it. And Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning that you've not left us guessing how best to communicate with you. Lord, we know from other parts of your word that there's a certain heart that you desire that we bring to prayer, a humility, a faithfulness, a reliance upon you. But Lord, I thank you this morning specifically for the reminder that our prayer life should be solid and stable and steady and sure and that it can be. Our walk with Christ can have that same stability and strength as we implement or re-implement or remain committed to all four legs of biblical prayer. Lord, I pray this morning a supplication that you would help us to do that. Help me to do that. Lord, help us to be people of much worship in our prayer. Father, help us to be people who will lovingly intercede for one another to commit and recommit ourselves to that. And Lord, help us to be people who come to you praying prayers of gratitude. Lord, whether or not we see our answers prayed the way we desire, we have so very much to be thankful for. Father, I pray this morning that you give us a heart to incorporate prayers of gratitude into our prayers. Lord, as Paul taught Timothy, I pray that we would have a heart as well to pray for all of our church members, that these prayers be made for all men. And Lord, as you lay others outside of our church onto our hearts as we pray, I pray that you give us grace to pray for them as well. Lord, I love you this morning, and I thank you. I thank you for this verse. It's so important. Give you a moment to pray right where you sit, and we'll close.
Lord, thank you for the privilege that we have to come boldly uh, to your throne. Father, I thank you today that that privilege is only because of Christ. Lord, I thank you this morning that we can find grace in and through Christ alone to take up this verse, uh, to live it, to pray it. And so, 